Welcome, folks, to the fourth episode of Season 2 concerning biblical doctrine. In this episode, we will focus on a particular creature in God's vast creation, a creature whose origin was not brought about by chance, nor was it brought about by a systematic evolutionary process. As with all of creation, this creature was created through an intentional act by an infinite and sovereign being. But there is more. As this creature was intentionally brought into existence in the image and likeness of God. So today, we will take a closer look at the doctrine of mankind. As Moses stated in Genesis, then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and you are listening to Brand of Man, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ not through the agencies of man, but by the grace of God. Let us pray. Holy Father, full of mercy and grace, we humble ourselves before you and beg your counsel to grasp your word as you have intended it to be. Let us know your creative work in mankind through your will and purpose. We ask these things in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, and your eternal Holy Spirit. So, the question is, why is it important for Christians to know the biblical doctrine of mankind? Well, there are many reasons to be certain, but the main reason links directly to the doctrine of creation itself. I mentioned in the opening of this episode that mankind was created through an intentional act by God, and, and intentional acts always have a purpose. So to grasp the doctrine of mankind in the simplest of terms, we must first know what this purpose is and what mankind's role is in this divine plan. So the Christian worldview of the doctrine of mankind is rooted in the biblical truth that God created mankind as a likeness of himself. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So how about we ask ourselves this? What is mankind? According to Scripture, mankind is the blessed and glorious creation of Almighty God, of which he created male and female. Again, from the Genesis account. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. Genesis chapter 5, verse 2. But why is this significant? Well, it's significant in forming the Christian worldview, how we view everything. Mankind was created with the blessing of God, as distinctively, and I repeat, distinctively, male and female. This fact is often in conflict with the social atmosphere in the world today, and it probably will remain so. But it is nevertheless a biblical truth. However, mankind is not only a glorious and blessed creation of Almighty God, but it's the top of it. It's the pinnacle or apex of creation. We are the top of his creation. Why? Well, again, we go to the Genesis text. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, 
and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We are at the top of God's creation because he created us as a likeness of himself. We have great value and worth to God only because he intentionally created us that way, which is in his image. We're distinct. As a result, we are separate from all the rest of creation. There is no biblical account of any other part of creation being made in the image of God, only according to their own kind, but never in the image of God. Now, as I stated earlier, all intentional acts have a purpose, and as this intentional act comes directly from God, then the purpose of mankind will also rest with God. So what does the Bible, the Word of God, what does it tell us about the purpose of mankind? Well, let's look at a verse from the prophet Isaiah concerning God. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. So what is the purpose of mankind? Our sole purpose, sole purpose is to glorify God. Back to that verse, and whom I have created for my glory. Again, this belief contradicts secular man-centered thinking. After all, doesn't the world tell us we are merely a random event, an unspecified result of an evolutionary chain? Man's purpose, according to the secular world, is simply to benefit ourselves for our own glory, right? Yet, the Word of God states differently. We are the unique creation of Almighty God, whose purpose is to glorify Him alone. But even so, to glorify anything is a fairly broad purpose. So instead, let's ask ourselves this. What does it look like to glorify God? Get a little more specific. The Bible does that. And I believe the Psalms puts it best. The psalmist writes this. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Psalms 100 verses 1 through 3. That is what it looks like to glorify God. This is what the Israelites used the Psalms for. It is of extreme importance for all Christians to understand. Contained within the doctrine of mankind is the knowledge that our purpose, which is to glorify God, cannot be accomplished isolated from God. Very important. It was Solomon, one of the wisest men ever created, who articulated this biblical truth. Solomon writes, the conclusion, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments. Because this applies to every person, for God will bring every act to judgment. Everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Okay, now let's reason together briefly concerning the image of God, as we focused on this a lot, as it is critical to the doctrine of mankind. In Hebrew, the understanding to be created in the image of God is to be created bearing a few of God's characteristics, but only a few. It's not all-inclusive characteristics such as our ability to think or to understand concepts of morality and to reason among ourselves. 
but always with the knowledge that we are not God, not even a little God with a little g. I know that is an extreme concept, but there are Christians being taught today that they are little gods. I can imagine no teaching that is worse. Now, are we afforded gifts from God? Of course we are, but they are rare and only in accordance with His will and to His glory alone. Simply put, any spiritual gift from God to a believer can only be used when He wills it so, not us. Folks, the image of God is not intended to be viewed through the lens of our own humanity. It's a big mistake. It's only intended to be viewed through Jesus, who is the perfect representation of God. The author of Hebrews writes this, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. He's the exact representation of God. That's what only begotten son means. Now, here are the biblical conclusions of the image of God in the doctrine of man. His image is comprehensive to all mankind. Everyone has it. The image of God remains upon mankind, regardless of our opposition to him, which is everywhere. There's nothing that mankind has done that would indicate this image is greater in some than in others. That's an important point. But most importantly, the image of God enables mankind to maintain a personal relationship with him. We are self-aware. We're able to reason. We're able to think. We can maintain a personal relationship with God. We're created in his likeness. Dr. Man clearly establishes that we belong to God, specifically because we bear his image. Our commitment, then, is to be an absolute devotion and service to him. That's our purpose. Jesus emphasized this point during a question and answer exchange concerning the payment of a poll tax to Caesar. The Gospel of Mark tells of this exchange. Then they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to him in order to trap him in a statement. They came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and defer to no one, for you are not partial to anyone, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay a poll tax to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius, a coin, to look at. They brought one. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? Referring to the coin. And they said to him, Caesar's, because Caesar was on the coin. And Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's to his image, and to God the things that are God's, to his image. And they were amazed at him. Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. You see, the doctrine of mankind also makes clear that we are of great value to God. 
Jesus was specifically pointing that out. We're of great value to God, specifically due to our creation in his image. For example, our bearing of God's image is a significant aspect of the moral law, forbidding things like murder from Genesis. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he created man. Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Folks, the doctrine of mankind emphasizes that every human is made in the image of the living God. We have great value to him and have been set apart from all of creation. We're distinct. We've been provided the distinction of being self-aware, as well as a distinction in personality, which enables us to worship and serve God. As the theologian Millard Erickson noted, when we are using those powers to those ends, we are most fully what God intended us to be, and then are most completely human. The doctrine of mankind in communion with other doctrine helps to form the Christian worldview where our trust, faith, and confidence is to rest not on man, but on God. Thank you for listening. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. We are praying that you are grasping God's word in the simplest of terms and to his glory alone. If you've enjoyed this episode and others of Grand Man, we encourage you to subscribe as we will continue to bring you biblical truths each and every week. God bless you all. Next week on Brandon Man, we will discuss what has infiltrated every aspect of our lives, the biblical doctrine of sin.